This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com So today we're going to talk about, um, actually I talked about it in the other class, but I'm going to tell you a story I did not tell them. Um, a girl, I did a, I did a, um, I did a Zoom with um, England the other night, and the girl sent me questions. And one of the questions were, what's so bad about watching movies? It, no, is there anything wrong with watching movies? Okay, that was her question. Uh, and listening to non-Jewish music. Is there anything wrong with looking at Vera? Is it not Vera? To listen to non-Jewish music? Is it not Vera? Well, I think you can say it's not Vera. So I'm going to tell you about my own experience. Um, I'm a drummer. Growing up, I was very into rock and roll. Um, on January 1st, the, the radio station at that time would play the top 100 of the uh, songs of the year. They would start with 100, go down. It was a countdown. It was called Casey's Countdown. And they would count down to, um, from 100 to 1, to, to the number one song. It took about 24 hours. I was up for those 24 hours. To hear that countdown was huge. And um, I was able to play a lot of those songs. So I was very into non-Jewish music. Very different than the music that, we listen, that, that is non-Jewish today. I mean, the non-Jewish music was the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and uh, Pink Floyd and some other, other people. But, you know, there was never a mention of girls or, or stuff like that. It wasn't really like that. It was mostly talking about drugs. Um, the 70s was talking about LSD and, all, and you know, Lucy in the Sky with Dimes, whatever. It's a lot of, a lot of other things. Um, but none of the, the stuff that's out there today, no, no gangster rap, you know, no rap, none of, that, none, none of that stuff. In fact, there was a group called Meatloaf, interesting group. Uh, that was the name of the group. And um, they came out with, a, with a, an album. And I'll try to keep the lush and nucky clean. So the, the, their main song was called A Bat Out Of Hello. Drop the O. Um, and they didn't let them sell it. They took it off all music stores. They took it off the, off the racks because it had that word in it. That was a bad word, Gehenna. Couldn't have that. Took it off. So I didn't. I didn't see that there was something so wrong with non-Jewish music. I, and you know, it wasn't like crazy stuff. So I remember when they came out with the song, very famous song, "The Sound of Silence." Um, Hello, darkness, my old friend. It starts. It's like a song about that silence has has a sound. Interesting song, very deep song, made by, si- by Simon and Garfunkel, and Simon and Garfunkel was like, it's Shimon and Yehuda over here, like Simon, right? So there's two Jewish guys, and, and the song they're talking about, the sound of silence, the mission picking up us! There's nothing better than Shtika! So I was like, my Rebbe was like, it's still a gracious song. I'm like, well, it's, it's a Mishnah, like. So, you know, you can always rationalize stuff. So, there was another song um, that had a very good moral. Um, the Cat's in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. It talks about a little kid who keeps trying to get attention from his father. And uh, the father's, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. I'll get to you soon, I'll get to you soon, I'll get to you soon. Then the father grows up and he wants his son to come visit him with his grandchildren. And he gives him back what he did. He says, I'll come soon, I'll come soon, I'll come soon. And it was like a really mustardic song. And I was like, my Rebbe doesn't understand, doesn't stand the songs. And I really didn't see what was wrong with it until... True story. Until one day, 
I um, was in Eretz Yisrael, and I was very into learning Kabbalah and learning from Kabbalists, and I heard that there was someone in Yushalayim, a rabbi who lives in a teeny little apartment, and every Matzah Shabbos, he lights 126 candles. I was like, I got to see that. So, and the guys from me, we go there and said, any boy that came and stood and stayed by the whole Lava Malka, we get married that year. I was already married. I didn't need to get married, but I heard about it. I wanted, I was into Kabbalah. I wanted to see what's going on. So I came to this house, big sadik, and he had 126 candles. You couldn't walk in there. It was so hot in this little teeny apartment. And these guys were stuffed in there and they were eating and washing. And, and I was looking at this man's face and it was like lit up. It was like a malach. And I was like, wow. So after the Malama Malka, I went over to him and I said, could I come talk to you? I wanted to ask him some like, what are the 126 candles for each one? I'm going to write it down. I wanted to understand what he was doing. He said, sure, come tomorrow. So the next day I came and he was learning Gemara by a table when I walked in. And next to the table was a tape recorder. And on the tape recorder was uh, like Miami Boys Choir. I don't know, it wasn't that Miami, it was something else. Pirche, Pirche with the Jep record. A, a bunch of guys singing, boys singing. And I, I was like, why would he have that on when you're learning? Disturbs you. Right? You don't wear music in the background. So the minute I walked, I sat down, he closed his Gemara. When he closed the Gemara, he closed the tape recorder. So I asked him, doesn't it disturb you to have music while you're learning? And he said, no. He said, music takes you to a different level in spirituality. He said, don't you know? In Chavakuk, with a Navi, it says that he had music playing because nobody, no Navi, no prophet, could get prophecy unless he had music playing, except for who? Moshe Rabbeinu. So they always, to get into that headspace, spirituality space, not like a coma, but a meditation space, they had to have music in the room. And then he said, don't you know that in the base Hamigdash, you're a Kohen, that the Kohanim could not do the Avoda unless the Levim were playing instruments. So here you are, the holiest place in the world, where the Shekhinah is, where Hashem is, and the Kahanam are like, okay, start the music. Who needs music when you're in the base Hamikdash? And the answer is, you cannot bring a carbon without having the Levim playing music. So he said, when you learn, if you have music in the background, it helps take you to a different level. And he told me that there's a Zayah that says that when, when Adam was thrown out of Gan Eden, Hashem said, you could take one thing with you. You can't take the Eitz Adas, and you can't take the Eitz Achayim, but you can take one thing with you. What did he take? He took music. The music was in Gan Eden. That's amazing. But whatever comes out of Gan Eden comes out of Gehenem. So there's music in Gehenna. I don't know what it sounds like, but I don't think you want to hear it. Maybe it's gangster stuff. I don't know. So, I was fascinated. And he said something, uh, he said something else. He said, oh, he said very beautiful about women. He said that you see by Oz Yashir, 
that the men sang Shira, Azyashir. But the Pasik after Azyashir, last week's Pasha, but Tikach Miriam, Miriam went out with all the women, she took tambourines and flutes and musical instruments, and she sang Shira. She took it to a much higher level. They sang Shira without music. She sang Shira with music. Where'd she get the instruments from, girls? Why, why, why would she have instruments? You're leaving the tribe, you're running away, everybody's taking the money, food and money, and you think she went to like, can I borrow your tambourine? Can I get a flute? How about a violin? You're going to the desert. So the Medrash says that Miriam knew that there's going to come a time that they're going to have to thank Hashem for miracles. And when that time comes for us to get to a level, to thank Him on the highest level, we have to have instruments. So girls, ladies, take your perfume and take your makeup and take your, take your jewelry and take whatever you want to take, but make sure you take an instrument. Because when we sing to Hashem, we're going to take it to a higher level. So music has a huge effect on a person. And I said this upstairs, and I need to tell you this. Coming up is Purim. In the beginning of the Megillah, it talks about the party. It's mind-boggling. I just heard it this year. It talks about the party that Achashverosh made. It says, blue wool, purple satin, everyone sat on a gold chair, they had people dancing on the table, not, not things that you'd want to see. Um, they, they, it was a crazy low-life party that Achishverosh made, but he knew the Jews wouldn't come because of kosher, so he, was, he, was, he knew even they were Svardim, because they lived where they lived. They lived in Persia. Now Svardim, it's an interesting thing, when kosher light used to be open, so we, we Ashkenazim, the, the mashkiach turned on the fire, and then a whole day the Goyim can cook on that fire because it was lit by a Jew. The Svadim would come up and say, no, we don't, we're not, we don't accept that. Svadim don't accept that. It has to be cooked by a Jew, not just the fire. So Achishverosh knew this. So he told the Jews, you come to my party. We have a, kitchen, a kosher kitchen. All the food will be kosher and prepared by kosher chefs. Oh, the wine, you got a problem because it's Yain Nesach, it's Goyesha wine. The wine will be kosher Jewish wine with a heksher, poured in your glass by a from religious Jewish waiter. So the Jews came to the party, and Mordechai said, you're making a huge mistake. You're making, he's setting us up to be all wiped out and killed. And they said, what are you talking about? It's kosher. It's a kosher cruise. It's kosher. The wine is kosher. And he said, yeah, of course it's kosher. That's how he's getting you to come in. But they went. And they drank. And they got drunk. And there was preachers. And it was not good for the Jews at all. In fact, right after that, Hashem signed, because of our assimilation, that he's going to wipe us out. So Mordechai was right. But whoever's listening, I want you to hear this medrash. Girls, if you threw a party, dancers, the best food, the best wine, if you were 55 years old, you got 55-year-old wine. If you were 70 years old, you get 70-year-old wine in a golden goblet. And you never, listen to this, you never drank, when you finished your cup, you got a new cup. They never refilled your cup. You got a new gold cup. That's how much, that's how, what kind of crazy party planner they had and crazy party. What was missing? 
What was missing at this party? What was missing? I just told you it was at the party. What was missing? She was missing? What? Music! You throw a party like that without music? The king? I'm sure he had a thousand musicians. Why wasn't there music at this crazy party? The Medrash says that he realized that if he's giving kosher food and kosher wine, he would have to give Jewish music for the Jews. They're not going to listen to non-Jewish music. And he told Haman, or Haman told him, they're drunk. They're at a non-Jewish party. There are people not dressed, dancing on tables. They are in a really bad place. But if you play Jewish music, because music is so spiritual, they're going to do tshuva and leave. No music. Do you hear? Drunk at a bad party. And the guy knew that if you're going to play Jewish music and they're in the lowest place, it's going to go into their soul and they're going to do tshuva. No music for anybody. So he had this crazy party without any music. Now, whoever's listening to this is like, I, I don't listen to gangster rap. I don't, I don't listen to, to bad stuff. I listen to love songs. Lovey-dovey songs. How could that affect me? And the answer is that those lovey-dovey songs are written by people who are not such good people sometimes. And being that music is something that's spiritual, the singer, the singer, that voice, right? First of all, we know, we know that, that, that a voice has an effect. Why, isn't it, why, isn't it, why am I not listening to any of you sing? Why can't I listen to you sing? Why can't I listen to you sing? Because music or song affects the person who's listening, and you get attracted to the person who's singing. So the machlaik is, can you listen to tape, a woman who's taped, she's not really there, there are many people who hold, you still can't, but it's an, what, what is an attraction? She's singing, what's the attraction? She's, she's mamish dressed sneers, she's, she's dressed like an Arab, she's, her face is covered, but she's singing, oh, you can't listen to it. What, 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 what is that going to do to me? And the answer is, music has an effect. Such an effect? Drunk at the worst party in the world? The guy in the light. Don't, listen, don't let them listen to Shweki. They're going to do tshuva. Don't listen to, listen to Pirchei. They're going to do tshuva. They knew something we don't know. Now, I, 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 I didn't know this. And when I went to this rabbi... And he was telling me, based on Migdash, and, and uh, you know, everything has, everything has, David HaMelech, David HaMelech, what, woke him up in the middle of the night, he had a harp, come on, you're the king, you need a harp, and the wind blew through the harp, and it had a very, very big effect on him, and he wrote to heal him, came from a musical instrument, and you know what he writes continuously, he knew where it came from, Mizmola David, it's a song, it's a song. Everything in Tehillim is a song. Why is it a song? Because he reached the ability to write Tehillim, that, that ability of spirituality, through a harp, through music, through song. Wow, is it powerful. But you don't, you don't feel that. 
because it's subconscious, it's spiritual. It's not something you could smell. I asked the girls last night, maybe some of the, some of the people are going to watch this share. I need to know, someone has to send me an email, I know that there's an answer to this. Every one of your senses, you can make a bracha. Your eyes, you see lightning, right? Oh, it's a voracious. You see a rainbow, there's a bracha. You see a midget, Mashana Sabrios. Your eyes, your, your nose, you smell. Your mouth, you taste, you make a bracha on food that you eat. Your ears, kol shoifar, mikra you make a bracha on hearing. L'shmoa kol shoifar. How come you don't make a bracha on music? It's something you enjoy. How come you don't make a bracha on music? So, the terrace that I remember, but I'm not clear, so whoever, whoever guesses wins a prize, that music doesn't have, what's the word? Taste something you're putting in your mouth, a smell has, a real, real, it's something real, it's something physical. Huh? Something, something tangible, right. And music is not tangible. It's a sound. But then you can ask the question, what about L'shmoah Kol Shofa? So that's not also tangible. So I don't remember the tarot. I really don't remember. Why don't you make a bracha? Whoever gives me this answer, we'll see what the prize will be. But maybe a, a, a Jewish CD. See how excited she is? Um, so I don't know why you don't make a bracha music, but you don't make a bracha music. So music is very powerful. Now, I did not realize this until I stopped. Once I stopped listening to rock and roll, I have to tell you, that when I left Eretz Yisrael after meeting that rabbi, because I wanted to know Kabbalah and I wanted to know a lot of deep things, I said, you know what, I'm going to do what he does. I'm going to put, put on Jewish music, even though I wasn't that crazy about it at the time. And while I'm learning, when I'm, and I can, I can tell you my life changed totally. As far as my ability to understand Torah and to get close to Hashem, I have no non-Jewish music in my life. Do I miss it? 100%. 100%. I was a drummer. I knew all the songs. Do I miss it? 100%. But it wasn't. I realized that it, it changed me drastically when I stopped. It's sort of like when you stop smoking, all of a sudden it's like, ugh, smoke, finger smell, and, and my, my, ooh, my jacket smells. Well, why don't you smell that? You've been smoking for 30 years. You never smelled your jacket. And the answer is that when you're in it, you don't, you don't realize it. So a girl just came up to me upstairs after my speech. And she said, I have to tell you something. I, it's so true what you're saying because I stopped listening to non-Jewish music. Not because of you. I just, whatever. I decided because I heard someone else speak about it, whatever it is. And now it's a few months. And you know what? My davening changed. Not because it's a bad thing. It's not, oh, did you... Uh, it's because, yeah, your, your soul is not getting that stuff. And, and we see from the Torah, we see from Purim, we see from Akashverosh's party, we see from the base of Migdash, we see from Chavakuk, that music has a huge effect on a person. Um, I'll tell you a faster story. Then I, want, I have to tell you this story about a person's eyes, about watching movies. We're not going to do movies today. It's on my other tape. Anyway, they, people can listen to it the first year. When it, but, um, so, many years ago in BCA... BCA, my high school, was, was about 12 years old. I would say about 10 years, two years into BCA. Um, so there was a girl walking down the hall, 
and everybody was listening to rap at the time. There's a girl walking down the hall, and she's shaking, and she's singing the song, and I'm not liking the words she's saying. They're nasty words. And she's like hopping and bopping, and I'm like, could I, could I share your pod, your, your, your ear pod? You know, the girls are always like, one out of their hurry, and there's one coming out of her ear, and they're listening to this thing together. So I said, can I hear what you're listening to? She said, sure, Rabbi. And she gave me this, you know, I should have washed it or cleaned it, but there was no COVID in those days, so I just stuck it in my ear. And there's this, this guy, there's a guy singing. He's not singing, he's yelling. And I was like, whoa, my ear almost blew up. Like, what are you screaming at me? I don't even know you. Screaming. Kill your brother, kill your mother, then go out and kill another. I'm like, wow, that's good. Like, and, and you don't know why you have anxiety? I'm looking at him like, you have anxiety? Yeah, I have anxiety. I'm like, if someone was screaming at me a whole day like that, uh, I would have anxiety. I would probably do something, I don't know, pretty drastic. Yeah, well, I like it, Rabbi. I'm like, okay. You like it, you like it. I said, you know what it's doing to you? It's frying your brain. She says, no, it's not. I actually listen to your stuff. Well, okay, we're going to do something tomorrow. We're going to do a project. In those days, they had these boom boxes. Huge boxes with the two big speakers. And I, was, I, I needed it for my drums because when I played drums and I put a, CD, a, a, a tape in it, it had to be louder than my drums. So I had this big boom box. I came to school with my boom box. And I asked her, do you have that, you have that song that you shared with me? Oh, yeah, at the top, all the girls knew it. This guy, that guy, I don't know. Whatever. It wasn't 50 cents because it was maybe a dollar. No, what I'm saying, I don't know who the, who the guy was, whatever it was. But anyway, okay. So I said, this is what I want you to do. And you know what? You could try this at home. I said, I want you to close your eyes. I'm putting your song on my boombox. This guy was yelling stuff. You, if, if I would say it to you, you would never talk to me again. You would never look at me again. You would never come to seminary again. But he's allowed to say it. He's saying stuff about women. He's saying stuff about cops and police. And whoa. Okay. So I said, this is what we're going to do, girls. We're going to play this song. They're like, yeah, yeah, Rabbi, you're into it too. I'm like, we're going to play this song. I want your eyes closed. I want this room to be perfectly quiet. I want your eyes closed. I want a pen and paper on your desk. And the minute the song's over, I want you to write what you saw with your eyes closed. Okay. And we put it on. Okay. He's screaming at you, but everything rhymes. Okay, that makes it, that makes it kosher. As long as it rhymes, it's good. Okay. Finishes. And I tell them, write. And they start writing. Revenge. Anger. Murder. Desperation. Blood couple other very negative words I'm like okay great now we're going to play Mama Rachel na 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 they're all sitting there I'm like you got to close your eyes and then you got to write what you saw and they did not like but I said now we're going to write Mama Rachel and we played Mama Rachel Mama Rachel cry for me right and they're like eh. okay what did they write afterwards Love, peace, tranquility. That one girl wrote, I saw a seagull flying over the ocean. I'm like, we got to talk to you. We, we, uh, I don't know about that. 
Not one negative word. Of course, you can't get a negative word from Mama Rachel. There's no, no one yelling at you. So I say, girls, listen to me carefully. The reason you listen to this stuff is because it's shouting so loud that you don't hear your own pain. You don't hear your own stuff. So if I'm shouting, ow, and there's a hundred people in the room screaming, ow, I don't hear my ow. You can't like that stuff. It doesn't make you feel, ah, I'm very relaxed. I'm going to take a question in a minute. So, that's what they wrote. So I said, in your subconscious, when you listen to songs like that, it's, it's all those things you wrote on your paper, that's what's going on in your head. You don't feel it, you don't see it, because the music is what you hear. But look what you're doing to yourself all day long. Depression, anxiety, murder, blood, and other words that I can't repeat. And when you listen to this other song, even if you may not like it a lot, but your brain is triggering quiet, tranquility, peace, freedom, love. And that's what this rabbi, which I didn't understand, was saying. That when I'm learning, I have this music which sets my brain into a certain place that makes my learning much more acceptable. Now, where I want to think, I don't, I don't listen to gangster rap. I, I listen to love songs. I listen to what you're saying. It's not Mama Rachel. It's not a Jewish person singing it. But it's a quiet, soft song. Okay. Better than the other stuff, that's for sure. But the person who's singing the song, being that it's coming out of a neshama, is going to have an effect on you. Because his music or her music is her soul. That's why it's called soul music. And the only way you, I can say to prove to you that I'm right is 30 days go clean. 30 days listen only to Jewish music, even if you don't like it. 30 days don't listen to one non-Jewish song, and then come back after 30 days and say, Rabbi, I feel the same way. Okay, I'm wrong. Rabbi, my davening got a little bit better. My, my relationship with my parents got a little bit better. I'm not so angry. I'm not so anxious. It's a test. I could be wrong. You do it. I did it. It's probably about 30 years since I've listened to a non-Jewish song. It definitely has changed me. I think that my understanding of the Torah that I learn and I give is on a different level because I don't have that stuff in my head anymore. I'll take your question in a second. I want to end with a story that I have not said in must be 10 years. Sad story, but an amazing story. There was a there was a husband and a wife who were blind. And one day, the husband was listening to a commercial on the radio. They said they just came out for the first time with eye transplants. Just like you do a heart transplant and a kidney transplant and a lung transplant, that they could take the eyes of a person who's brain dead and transplant it to you and, even the, and you'll be able to see. Just came out. He, he was listening to this. And he said, and they have a phone. They had a phone number, so he told his wife, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we can get you eyesight back. I'm going to call the number." And he calls the number, 
and he calls her and says they only have one set of eyes available right now go to the hospital and they'll they'll do the eye transplant she's like no what about you you can't see either he said no no don't worry about it okay she's all excited imagine a person who's blind who only sees darkness is not going to be able to see herself or, and, and, and the world so she goes to the hospital with her husband and he takes her to the hospital and they do the eye transplant and the doctors take off the bandages and it's amazing she's able to see and she goes to work and the guy, the boss that she worked with really liked her and now that she could see she wasn't blind anymore he's thinking maybe I could steal her away from her husband he says to her, listen your husband doesn't work whatever it is what I could do for you is if you marry me I will take you on a tour of the world we'll go to all the exotic places we'll do the safaris but you gotta leave him and she's like pretty sad but the bottom line is she wants to see the world so he comes home and there's a letter on his bed dear Chaim I'm so sorry but now that I could see I really want to see the world and my boss offered to me that if I get divorced and marry him and I know that you love me and you want the best for me um, you read the letter? please what listen 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 um, okay um, if you if you if it's okay with you please don't make this harder than it has to be please leave the apartment take your stuff and um, I'm sorry that I had to hurt you this way okay he's very upset but what could he do he packs his stuff up and leaves her a letter I want to read you all the letter that he left for her she comes home he's gone his, his jacket, suits, pants, everything gone out of the house she's going to get her divorce and she's going to marry this guy she's got her eyes, she wants to see the world I want to read you the letter Dear Miriam, I just want you to know how much I love you. I want you to know that I have given you my eyes so that you can see me and our future children. But now that you have left me, please use my eyes the best that you can for yourself. Love Chaim. He was never blind. He could always see. He never let her know when he married her that he was any different than her. And he felt that, you know what? Until now I could see. I don't need to tell her that. There were no eyes available to give her. There was a waiting list of 20 years. He gave his eyes to her. And what did he, she do with his eyes that he gave to her to see him? All she saw was this new guy. And she left everything. 
That's a very sad story. That's not the ending that we want. He gave his eyes so she could see him, and then she went off with a guy. Wow, that didn't work out well. Girls, and everyone who's listening, every morning, I hope, I don't know how many of you daven, but whoever davens, every single morning, this is the same story we do to Hashem. Elokim Shaman should have stopped to be. The eyes that you gave me, the soul that you gave me, Ato Barasa, you created it. Ato Yitzata, you formed it, this beautiful soul. Ato Nafachta Bikirbi, you put the soul in me. And you will one day take it from me and one day return to me. As long as I'm alive and I have this beautiful soul, this beautiful eyes, I thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me my neshama this morning. Every day we make a bracha. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me my neshama this morning. And what do we do with those eyes? We don't use it to see Hashem. She didn't use it to see her husband. We go off with another guy. With the Yetzirah. We use those eyes that Hashem gave me this morning to see him, to go watch a movie. The mouth that he gave me to talk, I use it against him. I talk Yetzirah. The Neshama that he gave me, I use it against him. You gave me life and all day long I do a virus. Why are you any different than this girl who got this pair of eyes and then instead of using it to see her husband when he gave it to her, she uses it to see everything else. God gave us life to see him, to be with him and we use it to be with everybody else. Same letter from Hashem. Same letter. So what we say in the morning is Hashem, I will use this neshama, I will use this beautiful thing that you gave me, that you gave me life, I will use it to see you. I will use it to hear you. I will use it to taste you through the things that you have created. I will use it to feel you. All my five senses I will use to be connected to you, HaKadosh Baruch Or Chas instead, he gives us this beautiful thing, and we use it to go off with the guy at work so to say, with the Yetzirah, with the Satan. You don't want to be the girl in this story that someone gave you eyes to see and then you run out on the person that gave you the eyes to see. But isn't that something that we do every day? We need to think about that. When we get up, when we go to sleep at night, you gave me the ability to see, I used it to see people in trouble, to see other people's pain, to see how I could help. You gave me a mouth to talk, to give other people chizik. You gave me an ear to hear, to be able to sit and listen to when people talk to me. You gave me a mouth to, to, to eat. And I make a bracha on everything that I eat. You gave me hands and feet. You gave me feet to go, not to a movie theater or to places I should not go. You gave me feet to go to seminary, shul, and to help my parents and to do what I have to. That's why you gave me hands. And then at night we could say, Shem says, you know what? I gave you my eyes, I gave you my speech, I gave you a soul, and she's using it for good stuff. Let's give it again to her tomorrow. We say it every morning in a kind of So, I'm challenging everyone who's listening, try it. You're not going to die. 
30 days. No non-Jewish music. Listen to any Jewish music you want, but no non-Jewish music. And come back to me in 30 days from today. What's today? February 3rd? March 3rd. Yeah, March 3rd. And tell me, Rabbi Wallstein, you're off your rocker. Nothing changed in my life. Or Rabbi Wallstein, whoa. Whoa, something changed. A little bit. You know what? The only way, the only way you realize that you smell from fish is when you leave the fish store. In the fish store, nobody smells from fish. You know that? You went to the fish store, nobody smells from fish. The minute you walk out, woo! Where were you? In a fish store? Until you step out, you don't know what you stepped into. All right, so we get together in 30 days, and you'll let me know, Mitzvah Hashem, Yishev HaTzlacha, and Bracha, and a wonderful, amazing day. Thank you. That's, that story with the eyes, and I didn't even, I didn't write the letter correctly. It's a long letter. I, don't, I, I just wrote it today before the thing. It's such a Musar Haskell. It's such an amazing Musar Haskell. Okay, we can shut off. HaTzlacha. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.